Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The sky is falling for Penn State football fans, right? The, the sky is falling. Today on the BWI Daily Edition, we're going to talk about a rough Thursday for Penn State football recruiting with several bad news items developing uh, yesterday. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll be talking to recruiting insider Ryan Snyder about Marcus Stokes, what the situation was there, Trayon Webb, Webb, Cam Selden, and of course, not all doom and gloom, despite the fact that I started by yelling at you, the sky's falling! We'll get into all of that and some stuff coming up this uh, next couple weeks on the BWI Daily Edition. Let's get to it. So, Ryan Snyder, my co-host today on the BWI Daily Edition, joining us here. Is the sky falling for Penn State football? No. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a rough 24 hours, sorry. Uh, Nah, it's it's not many rough for... Look, kids are going to go elsewhere, that happens. More so just maintaining our message board rough. (laughs) Although it actually hasn't been too bad. I've seen way worse over the years. I've seen substantially worse over the years. So yeah, uh, it's a loss, but it's not the end of the world. So let's get into the details from yesterday. I think this sums it up pretty well. Marcus Stokes flipping to Florida was the biggest surprise of the day, but two other things that happened almost simultaneously, four-star athlete uh, and one of the highest uh, remaining players on Penn State's uncommitted board, Cam Selden, chooses Tennessee, and Trayon Webb chooses Florida in a uh, situation that seemed a little bit premeditated from the Gators to have a very good Thursday. So uh, let's start with Stokes because that is the the big news of, of commit flipping to another school. Uh, can you tell us about the timeline and what you've been able to find out about what happened between Stokes, Penn State, and the Gators? Yeah, so Stokes got an offer from Florida last week. Uh, I believe it was like June 26th, 27th. It was right before he went to the Elite 11. So I, I know he informed Penn State of the offer, but it still came as a surprise. I don't think uh, I don't think Penn State – I mean, he was pretty firm with his commitment. I mean, everybody felt pretty good about Stokes. And then I think it was just kind of the suddenness of it, uh, how, how it just kind of happened so quickly that maybe caught some people off guard. But – uh, but Penn State did know about the offer, uh, which which obviously he didn't announce publicly, which you know caught myself and a lot of colleagues off guard. But it is what it is, man. I mean, Stokes, uh, look, he's he, he's he lives right outside of Gainesville. Florida did not offer until right now. I mean, I know people always talk about right. uh, commitments and what's it mean anymore and all that stuff. I, I do look at this a little bit differently when when a in-state school, you know, one of you, the pretty much the closest major program to him. When they don't offer until now, it, it does change some things a little bit. But uh, it's certainly a loss for Penn State, though. When we look down uh, the, the quarterback board and see what's kind of out there, it, it's they got to figure something out now. Uh, whether they go transfer portal or twenty twenty three, only only time's going to really tell. But uh, they're in a tough spot now because pretty much all the top quarterbacks are are off the board. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the story here. It's not just about Marcus Stokes; it's about if this had happened 
three months ago, you know, the, it, you have time to adjust. But here in the middle of or the beginning part of July, there's not as much flexibility. There's not as much wiggle room with a couple of guys that maybe Penn State was interested in earlier. They've committed to other programs. So I guess that becomes the, the question then is, uh, is this something you can recover from in this process? Marcus Stokes did flip from Florida to Florida from Penn State, so I'm not asking you to predict if if uh, who it might be, but do you think that Penn State has um, the opportunity to do that as well? Would you think that that's a possibility, or do you think it's more likely yeah. what you were talking about previously? Why not? I mean, they flip guys every year, so of right. course they can flip somebody. There's there's talented guys out there uh, who who they can get a foot in the door with. the The, the thing is, you you have seven days. Seven on-campus visit days left until the season starts. And when the season starts, especially at the quarterback position, these guys want to be focused on their teams. That's why you're seeing a a surge of commitments in June and July. So Penn State has about 14 days here, a little over that, I guess, uh, 15 days to get a foot in the door with somebody, try and get them on campus here that last week of July, and uh, only time will tell. I mean, I I did a breakdown today, mentioned a few guys that I'm going to keep an eye on. We're going to keep that behind the paywall for subscribers to to know who I'm talking about there. But there are definitely some candidates out there. And and why would Penn State not at least try and get a foot in the door with a few of these 2023 guys? But again, the the issue is just where where is I don't want to say the bottom, uh, but where where's the cutoff line, I guess, as far as who, who you'll pursue and how important is 2023? When you you have the transfer portal out there and you have three quarterbacks on campus already who have four years of eligibility. So that's just something they all have to figure out. But at the same time, Penn State was just in this position last year where they had two scholarship guys. So that's why I yep. don't think there's any world where they just say, screw it. We're not even going to bother about 2023 and we'll move right. on because, right. you know, yeah, you've we got to get Sean- a quarterback every year. You, you've got to get a quarterback every year. I I just it's too important of a position and a couple years ago they got two quarterbacks a four-star in Michael Johnson Jr. and another by some that was recruiting service a four-star in Taquan Roberson and we all saw how that worked out like not that Bo Prabula and Drew Aller are an exact equation to those guys obviously we've done our film evaluation they're different players but at the same time just the numbers of the position and the fact that guys that you think might work out sometimes don't and you can go through volume is is as important at that position as any other position in in sports so Mm -hmm. i I just i think you got to get a guy every single year and stokes was a great fit for this class and now he's moved on so they got to find another guy to to fill that role going forward let's move on to cam selden because this is another situation where there were some rumblings late that you were reporting on um and the way you talked about the the switch to offense Felt like there was a deeper current there. Is that a part of this story, him going to Tennessee? Are there other factors at play there? What was your read of the situation, what you found out with Cam Selden? Well, Selden doesn't talk, so right. I don't know. Uh, I'd be blunt about it. Uh, but look, I mean, whenever, whenever you're being recruited as a safety for 95% of your recruitment, and all of a sudden he gets on campus and everyone's saying, oh, hey, oh, no, by the way, you're a wide receiver. Something's going on there. It has to be. Yeah, Tennessee had to be putting in his ear and say, hey, man, screw this safety talk. You're a wideout. You know, you score touchdowns, man. You're a big-time player. And look, it paid off. They they got him. So I think you're going to end up – I mean, we're, I'm skipping ahead here, but it's just kind of the same thing with Jason Moore and the whole defensive tackle, defensive end talk. Uh, clearly, Ohio State got in his ear on defensive end, and when most of these other schools were talking about defensive tackle. And I know I skipped ahead there, T. Frank. Sorry. But 
it's 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 got to be kind of the same thing. It, it just doesn't make sense that uh, Penn State's recruiting him ninety percent of the time at one position, and then boom, we get on campus and you and you try and scramble uh, to talk wide receiver with him. Clearly, that was already kind of planted in his ear. But it's a good pickup for Tennessee, man. Uh, Cam yeah. Cam Selden's a hell of a player, and whether he's a wide receiver or safety or a linebacker or whatever it may be down the road, they need they need players like him in the SEC. Of course, Penn State needs him in the Big Ten as well, but. One thing I will say is people have mentioned that, hey, don't sleep on Selden. We're, we're gonna we're gonna stay after him hard. So only time will tell on that one, but I but I, I expect Penn State to continue pursuing him. So that leads us to our final player yesterday making news. Um Trayon Webb had been very interesting over the last couple of days. He was gonna commit on the thirtieth. Uh he changed his mind. It's the when you've been talking on the Tuesday edition of the Daily Edition and, and previously had been like, think he's committing in the next week, got a vague idea of a day, but it never seemed like a firm idea. And then all of a sudden it happens with Marcus Stokes yesterday. So um, is that a good summation of it? The, a guy that you weren't getting a good read on because there was something else going behind the scenes or was this something that came down to the wire? What, what was your read there? Yeah, I mean, he, I don't want to call him a silent commit, but I mean, he pretty much told Penn State he's coming to Penn State uh, leading up to June 30th. That's why you saw all those picks go in for, for Penn State. But then when you, mm-hmm. when, when he paused that commitment date, I mean, again, we're talking about red flags, uh, commitment changes or position changes for Selden, red flag. Yep. Uh, changing your commitment date when all signs are pointing you to end up Penn State three days later, red flag. Yep. So th- there, there was, a, there was certainly signs there. And, it is what it is. I, I, I don't know if this was it, it was definitely orchestra like people are like, oh, you know, Florida, they did this like Maryland did for Andre Roy. That's not true. That's not true. Right. They they Florida Florida got a foot in the door with Trey Webb a couple maybe about a week or so ago. Clearly there was some family pushing for Florida. That's all true. And once Webb kind of made it clear to Florida, hey, I'm I'm coming there, he was going to commit next Monday, July eleventh. Like that was done. He was telling Florida reporters that uh, it a lot of signs were starting to starting to swing that way a little bit, but then when Marcus, who he's friends with, uh, decides to make the to make that jump too, that's when that's when that back to back boom comes. And and schools do that all the time, man. They they always want to make splashy splashy moves for uh, you know commitments and get their fans excited and things like that. And and that's what Florida decided to do there. So I don't I don't look at this as Florida scheming behind Penn State's back and getting Marcus Stokes to commit to Penn state only to flip them. Like, like, I mean, Andre Roy, that was true. That, that actually happened. Yeah. This isn't that situation. This is, this is Florida getting a foot in the door with a, with a quarterback who, by the way, just time out for a second. This is just a funny way to look at this. Penn state passed on Jada Rashada to get Marcus mm-hmm. Stokes. Yep. And then Florida misses on Jada Rashada and then steals Marcus Stokes. It's just kind of right. funny the way that that circle worked there, but, which uh, I, you yeah. know, you're the reporter, so I'm not going to have you say these things, but these are the other breadcrumbs I've seen is that Florida apparently had a very enticing NIL package for Jaden Rashada, which they didn't, he didn't elect to choose to go there. And all of a sudden, Trayon Webb pushes back his commitment date after that particular domino fell. Marcus Stokes flips to Florida. It, I'm just looking, you, you see this happen, you see this happen, you can draw a line, it, Maybe it's conjecture on my part, but it seems like that is a a reasonable conjecture to make. Uh, ultimately, no, it's not it's not naive to think NIL played a part in it. I just don't know. And from my right. perspective, I'm not just going to rub my mouth and say <laughs> Florida paid Marcus Stokes. You know, it's, it's right. That's that's what happened. I don't know that, and it's not my Marcus and his father have been great to me. It's not 
me. It's not fair of me to say that that's the whole reason this happened. But right, yeah, but some it, of those numbers being flaunted, that makes sense. Why it doesn't. It? it doesn't even matter. Like it's not even a bad thing. It's just a school yeah. that's close to you that has an NIL package, possibly. You know. Uh, could have this for you plus it's a place you wanted to go like then it becomes kind of a no-brainer if mm -hmm. it's a if it's a school you grew up loving maybe it's you in state close to home and they've got this other thing that is legal to do there is no subterfuge it is something that you can now do and underscores for penn state if they don't have these things in place they you said this like and again i'm i'm throwing this as conjecture out there, that Penn State might lose players in the back half of this class because of NIL. And yeah. this seems like a, a, a place where you could say if there was one place they lost a player because of NIL, it might be here. But, of course, no one is going to talk about Rodney it. Rodney Gallagher, no gonna too. Admit to it. Yeah. And Rodney Gallagher was another big one. Uh, mm -hmm. When it comes to the running back conversation, I'm going to beat this drum once again. Penn State seemed like they may be making a decision. They may have to do something, but now it seems like the decision has been made for them at the running back position with Trayon Webb and London Montgomery. So is there any update on London? We Last you talked about it, seemed like something was in the works. Yeah, he should be committed next week. Uh, there was a story out in USA Today about uh, – a July 11th announcement date. London hasn't put that out there yet. I'll let London do it, but that's kind of the time, Ryan. I was always being told July 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that ballpark, but we'll, we'll let, we'll, we'll let London put it out there. Should be here. I think he's going to be putting it out here pretty soon. And, uh, I, I would expect Penn State to be the pick. I put in a pick for Penn State last night. I always just held off on that because of the whole train on web factor and, yeah, Penn State could take two running backs. I don't think the staff really preferred to take two running backs, but they also weren't going to lose on both of these guys or, or pass on either of them, I should say, uh, if Webb wanted to come to Penn State and if Montgomery wanted to come to Penn State. But it does open up well for Montgomery now. I still think it would probably end up just end up being a one running back class. I don't see anybody else merging, but let's see what London decides here uh, in, in the coming days. I do expect him to announce something early next week, though. Monday, Tuesday, that should, that should be the time frame. So that seems we have a, a little bit of clarity there. Uh, let's move on to what was going to be, when I was making the rundown yesterday, the start of the show. Like, we're now getting back to the point where, before all of this stuff happened, uh, the things we were looking ahead towards. Uh, mm -hmm. Earlier this week, you wrote a piece about Kavion Keys, another key part of the Penn State linebacker uh, outlook for 2023. So what's the update there with uh, Kavion? He has a commitment date set for August 27th. Let's see where that shakes out. Uh, man, that's a long way from now. And yeah. these schools, especially North Carolina, Penn State, potentially Florida. Uh, he did get an offer from Florida late in May, and uh, the Gators are making a push there. He's talking about maybe taking a visit to Florida, but we'll see uh, if he's able to do that. Of course, there are no official visits allowed in July, so that would require KV on his family to, to you know pay and, and make the drive or whatever it may be. Uh, so let's see if that actually happens. But I still think North Carolina, Penn State are the two schools to really watch for there. And, hey, what what is that, 40, 50-some days from now? So yeah. I'm, uh, I, it's his birthday, and he wants to announce on his birthday. But I just know these schools are going to be pushing for something sooner than that, especially if Penn State goes on a run here. Penn State will have legs to push a little bit. So I'll just be curious to see if that sticks. But right now, August 27th is the date. And – you know, with uh, maybe some recent developments and some stuff we're going to get into in just a second here. Um, room for three 
Room for three linebackers if Penn State's yeah. able to, as we've predicted, as you've predicted, land both Tammy Robinson and Tony Rojas. So that's not a problem here in, in this situation. No, 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 no. They, they only if it's these three, though, if they do, if they miss on keys, I don't expect them. Uh, but I, I shouldn't say that because somebody could always emerge. And But mm-hmm. out of right now, like this is the three. Like I don't expect a Corey Lucius or Penn State to go out there, Phil Pachotti or something like that. Like these are the three they want. They would find room for those three. Clearly, Tamir and Tony have always been one and one A. That should end up working out well for Penn State. And then if they can add keys down the road and have room for it, they they will. So that's how I see it playing out right now. But again, talk to me in October, November, and, and some stud linebacker is going to pop up. And who knows, maybe a third will be back in the mix. Yeah. Uh, interesting. In, interestingly, too, with you bring up Phil Pachotti, he commits to Oklahoma. And then I think the more interesting news, because that was kind of reported that he was leaning that way, he'll be at IMG this fall. I think that's a really great thing for him in particular because he's a good athlete, but a lot of what his tape was maybe some little too excited to get downhill and attack and a little bit sloppy sometimes with his footwork, a little too, uh, too many wasted steps. Going to IMG, you are getting a college, you're getting a head start on college. It's like going to mm-hmm. uh, those advanced learning classes in high school. Where you're getting college credits. You're taking the AP courses. That's what you're getting at IMG. And for a guy with, I, I think you know, a kind of a throwback Mike linebacker, linear speed, downhill thumping sort of uh, profile, that's going to help him quite a bit uh, transitioning to college and being a better player. So just on a non Penn State note, I thought that was a very uh, I thought that was a good thing for him that he he was able to get that and that he accepted it. Um. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Going towards this weekend of maybe not so many great things happening for Penn State, Jason Moore, as you alluded to, is making his decision on Sunday and uh, not going to be the Nittany Lions from what you were saying a little bit earlier. No, it should end up being Ohio State. and Larry Johnson with the Matha prospects, guys. Uh, or not yeah. even the Matha, DMV, I should say. Although, of course, Chase Young, uh, he was from the Matha, of course. But, uh, yeah, this is another one where – defensive tackle defensive tackle defensive tackle that was the talk for the longest time and then boom towards the last 10 days or so it was oh well we like him maybe a little bit more as a dn well that's another red flag of course and yeah yeah, i think it's clear that larry johnson kind of sees him more as a dn he plays dn in high school i think it's it's certainly he's not one of those guys that's like going to demand to play one position over the other but uh 
I think it's obviously clearly more intriguing to them. And then, oh, by the way, it's Ohio State, guys. They're they're the king of the conference. They've been that way for a reason, yeah, uh, for for a long time. So, yeah, and Larry Johnson, he's he's one of the best in in the world at developing defensive linemen. His ties to to Matha and all the DMV, and then of course Ohio State success. Uh, I don't I don't knock him for it. It's 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 certainly a good decision and a yeah. decision that should help him potentially get to the NFL one day. Not that, and just to clarify, not that Penn State wouldn't have been. Of course, Arnold Ebiketti and, and uh, you know, Adafi Owe, and, and there's a lot of guys they've produced here over the years. But yeah. you can't go wrong with Ohio State either. Yeah, it, so it's interesting because Penn State is absolutely developing that reputation, especially you look at the transfer portal of, of bringing in guys that have elite pass rushing talent, but still that it's hard to beat Larry Johnson at Ohio State. Um Jason's going to have to really work at it to, to be a defensive end. By the way, it's not just that it's a flashy position. It's not just that it's, you know, as we've talked about with Mega Barnwell, it's as close as you're going to get to a skill position on the defensive line. It's also a financial thing. Like, we talk mm-hmm. about getting to the NFL with Jason Moore, and I, I, know, I know every athlete thinks they're going to the NFL. But you have more detailed, serious conversations if you're being recruited by Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Penn State about your path to the league. And if you want to play defensive end, there's a lucrative reason to pick that position. It's not just about, you know, a sales pitch from Ohio State, unless mm-hmm. the sales pitch is, hey, we think you're a defensive end. We think you can make money at that in the future. Yeah, totally. I, don't, I mean, I don't have much to add to it. It, it, it yeah. makes complete sense. And it'll be a big win for the Buckeyes. So, I, I mean, I'm sure Penn State will try and chip away at that. But I, Jason's not kind of the guy to commit and – play games and then take more yeah. visits. I, I think that commitment will stick. Well, like you said before, you weren't going to make any predictions about what he was doing until he took visits and he hadn't taken any. Right. And then, you know, the picture kind of developed and now we have what, where we are. So I think you, you good read on that as far as I like you T Frank you always remember the stuff I say previously no one else seems to ever remember that stuff I like you (laughs) well we're not married so I actually listen to you (laughs) no that was a good comeback I got nothing on that one so (laughs) so where where does Penn State go from here at defensive tackle because they've got four guys in the class I've got I still think Mega Barnwell has the upside to be like Jason Moore at defensive tackle but it's just the the obvious difference is you can see it already with Jason Moore. You've got to project that with Barnwell. Is there another guy that they could add which would be more in line with that, a little more ready, a little more clear-cut of an elite level or at least a higher-level prospect as of right now? Is there anybody that yeah. they could go after what's left on the table? Will Norman remains the the key guy now at defensive tackle. Of course, Camden, Ohio – or Camden, Ohio – Camden, New Jersey native, uh, who's now down, of course, at IMG Academy. I just see Cam going deep, though, in, in his recruitment. He, he's I've never left a conversation with Cam and felt like he's not undecided. He's always just kind of bounced around to different schools. Every school's great. Like it's Cam's one of those guys that I think will probably go deep, deep into the cycle. You mean, so you we know well. it's Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Did I say Cam? Yeah. I'm thinking of Camden. Anyway, <laughs> Will. Will, 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 not Cam Cam. Uh, Will Norman will go deep into the cycle, I think. So we'll see how it plays out. He took one official visit to Florida in the summer. 
I think Florida was trying to not squeeze him, but Florida's been considered a favorite for him for a little while because of those IMG ties. And I think, think that's why they used that official visit, thinking that, hey, you know, we, if we use this, we can get him to commit. And, and he didn't. And it ended up being a good thing, I think, for Penn State because now they do still have that official visit in their back pocket. There was talk about will Norman come to Penn State that final weekend for an official visit. Uh, but what I was told is his mom wasn't going to be able to make it. And you don't use an official visit if the parents can't make it, right? You don't use, you don't ever use an official visit if it's just for the kid, because the whole whole reason to get him here usually uh, is to make sure that the parents get here and get that full two day experience. So Penn State will have that in their back pocket for down the road. We'll see how it plays out. There's there's a lot of schools there, and you know I know I know he's very important for Penn State. He's higher on Penn State's board than I realized months ago, and and has really been one of their top defensive tackles for a long time. And I expect that to continue, but. Only time will tell. One other guy then, too, of course, is Jalen Thompson, the defensive end out of Kaz Tech. I have I have Jalen coming back probably for the last bash here. It's not 100% finalized yet, though. We we had a good talk about this uh, earlier in the week. And I, he's saying, like, right now, it's probably 70%, 80% chance that he's able to to make it up to Penn State for the last bash. Uh, we've talked about this before. He had an official visit scheduled. Ended up missing a connecting flight and wasn't able to make it to State College. But uh, – yeah, it, it might it may end up working out in the end if, if Penn State's able to get him for a commitment and then be able to, to host him later in the year for an official visit. But right now, I think Ohio State, Penn State are the two schools with Jalen. And then, of course, with Ohio State getting Jason Moore, they're in the mix with Umazulu still. Like there's yeah. it sets up really well for Penn State from the outside looking in. And it looks like Michigan State's kind of passed on a little bit looking for some other guys. So this is setting up in a pretty good position for Penn State if, if they decide to push here, which I think they will. So for uh, some fans who follow recruiting, maybe haven't been there the whole time. The Lash Bash, at least from what we've seen, is a place where it's kind of a celebration of the class, bringing the committed guys together. Is it typical to have uncommitted guys there in the in the current mm-hmm. cycle? I know guys in the future that you want to have interested in your program have been a part of that. But like, you know, having a guy who is still out there uncommitted, is that something that's typical? Is that atypical mm-hmm. for that particular event? Yeah, the last bash probably averages about 30, 35-ish players each year. And really, it's pretty much your committed guys. So, of course, all of them won't be able to make it. But it'll probably end up being like a dozen of the commits. And then you'll have about 20, probably 20 or so uncommitted guys. And it's really always just the best of the best. Get the very best players there. Have it be a select event, an elite event. And you'll probably see somewhere, you know, with Penn State's class, I expect Penn State's class to be probably maybe not right at 20, but somewhere around 20 by the time the last bash takes place, which of course is mm-hmm. July 30th. It'll probably be a handful of 2023 guys. But what you'll see then is the region's top 2024 guys, someone like Quentin Martin, for example, Emilio Agard. Uh, there, there's a lot of guys I can go through. They make a lot of sense to, to be, you know, the, those top of the region guys who come up for that event. Anthony Specco, for example, he at Specco was right. actually at last year's event. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, uh, but uh, I would think we'll see about 20 uncommitted guys at that event, probably about five, five, six, uh, 2023s, and then the rest uh, will be 2024s. That's a good preview for later in the month. We'll be talking about later in the yeah. month, later in the month as well, like maybe next week we'll be <laughs> previewing that or the class of 24. So stay tuned for that on the BWI Daily Edition. If you want to get some of that inside information, that good stuff from Ryan, He's keeping you up to date in the Lions Den message form and in the premium articles that he writes for BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Those, it's really hard to get them, by the way, Ryan. We're making it super hard. It's a big ask. You need to sign up for $1. One 
American currency, $1, and you get 12 months of access. And then you get inside information. You can go deep on recruiting. You can make it part of your personality, which once you go in, like once you get in, Ryan, there is no getting out. And there's no going in halfway. Like you're in when you go into recruiting. So if, it, if you want to make that lifestyle choice, it only costs you a dollar. Um, some of the other things that we have at the site. I, I got a subscription to Rivals, man, in 2000 and shoot, 2003, 2004. Uh-huh. Now I'm doing it for a living. It is truly <laughs> taking me over. At least I get paid now to get sucked into the message board. But yeah, yeah, that's that's what I, I subscribed to BWI when I was young. And uh, that's here I am now. So, yeah. And uh, it really is. So you're you are the uh, you are the epitome of. If you want to do it, do it because you love it. Um, sort of. Do you want yeah. to talk about Evan Link? There's not a whole lot to discuss, but I mean, we can. Right. It, it's Evan's but just quiet. Yeah. That's the part I want to discuss is the the lack of anything. And there was some information after the official visit. You know, you and your colleagues, our insiders, were doing a great job getting information, setting the scene for what he was thinking, and then it's just been radio silence. Does the longer this go, is that better or worse for Penn State in this situation? Tough to read because the so I know it's been pretty quiet on Penn State's end, but what I don't know is if it's has it been quiet on Stanford's end. I don't Stanford doesn't have a, a massive media following or anything like that. People who really dig deep in Stanford football recruiting, so I don't really have anybody I can reach out to and, and dig on that perspective. But it has been quiet on Penn State's end. I, knowing Evan, knowing his family, I, I think they're just saying, hey, look, we've we've done how many Zooms with you guys? We've done how many conversations? Let us let us have a, a week or two to just get away from the, the daily talks and all that stuff and, and just yeah. think this all over. So I, I do truly believe that's the case with this situation. And Evan, just again, from knowing his personality, that, that makes sense on how he would handle this process. Evan has always told me mid-July makes the most sense, and here we are coming up on – that mid-July point. So, I, I, again, a, a commitment from him would not shock me next week, but it also wouldn't shock me the week after that either. It would it would surprise me if we get into that next visit period, uh, July 25th uh, range, and, and he's not committed. It, it's going to be Stanford or, or Penn State. And, of course, with all the, the turmoil in the Pac-12, yeah. maybe that's a good thing for Penn State. I'm not sure. Although, at the same time, if you're going to Stanford yeah. for football, like – you're going to Stanford because of an education and right. not to not saying football is not important. Okay. Yeah. But, but you're unless, unless of Stanford's your only top option, of course, right. but for, for a player like him, I mean, that's, that's tells me that he cares more about education than football, which isn't a bad thing. No, uh, but no. I, I, because, I think it'll end up being Penn state. I do. Uh, the, the, the Stanford of a decade ago is, has not been producing specifically offensive linemen the way they had been previously, because there was a run there for a Stanford's while. Been of, terrible at offensive line. Sorry. They've been really, they've been terrible. but they, but they, they got good recruits. They didn't go anywhere. Like they were mm -hmm. able to get a couple of good recruits and then everything really fizzled out. So yeah, it, they have not been good at producing talent over the last couple of years. So I think you're right. Uh, the only way it would, it would rebound back to helping Stanford is if all of a sudden they're absorbed into the big, the 10, big 10 in the next yeah, couple of right. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That'll be interesting. But, uh, so maybe that's what I, he's holding out for. Maybe that's yeah, what he's right. holding out for. <laughs> Man, it makes you, you, Hey, you got five months for it. Might as well hold out if that's really what you want. But yeah. no, I do think we'll know the next, I really do believe we'll know by like July 20th. I mean, I was here in July 10, 11, 12 is kind of an area. It makes sense, which of course is next week. But, 
Uh, of course, Evan's gotten totally silent really since the last time we talked. I have not talked to him since the end of June. And from talking to Penn State people, they have not really been talking to him either. Uh, so time will tell here. But I really do believe it's on both ends. I think he and his family are just kind of saying, hey, get out of our way real quick. We need to yep. we need to discuss this as a family. We're going to take as long as we need. And, hey, man, good for him. I, I respect – I really respect that way of handling such a massive decision like this. Yeah, because it is a big decision for a lot of different reasons, education, mm-hmm. football, all those things. Uh, I <laughs> I was 0 for 3 last weekend on watching film on players that then uh, committed to Penn State this week. Uh, you know, Sorry. Evan, no, it's part of the job. I'd rather know than not know. I'd rather watch those things. But uh, Evan, uh, interesting profile. Not what I was expecting from, from Link when I was diving into his full game film. So hopefully, uh, for Penn State fans, He'll, uh, he'll commit to the Nittany Lions so I can share that with you. And that'll be up. We'll have a breaking news on our YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube. Whenever the next Penn State commitment breaks, we'll have a breaking news segment about that. And, of course, you can get the class breakdown, uh, the things to know about that player, and uh, the commit story all at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Uh, quick story I want to tell everybody as I bring this up here. We were discussing the show yesterday, and I wanted to get into, over the last week or so, Penn State – um, the player, the teams ahead of them, the guys, the, the teams that are making plays and the, the young men that are going to these organizations, how is that affecting the top 10? Not the specific players, but like what is the reshuffling around Penn State look like and who might leapfrog them during this commitment season? And we were discussing, hey, what do you think about Florida? And then you said, oh, yeah, well, they just flipped Marcus Stokes. <laughs> yeah. So let's go through, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the teams that might uh, get ahead of Penn State in, in the list and uh, what, play, what, what you think of those teams and their chances of getting into the top ten and pushing Penn State out because mm-hmm. that's really what it is. The, the players that have committed over the last week until yesterday mostly were to the teams ahead of Penn State already. So where, who are you looking at as – the teams that could threaten to push Penn State down to 11 or 12. Yeah. Well, Miami and LSU being right behind them there at 9 and 10. Yeah, LSU has 12 commitments. Uh, Miami has 12 commitments. LSU, especially with nine four-star players and just three yeah. three-star players, they're setting up in a, in a good position to potentially leapfrog Penn State. But uh, we'll see. Uh, only, only time will tell, and I, I can't pretend I've been following LSU too closely. I, I know they're they're gonna they have that new coach bump. Everybody usually gets that, except for Billy Napier at one point, who I guess now does have that new coach bump. But yeah, anyway, that's besides the point. But LSU, Miami, they both make a lot of sense. Tennessee has ten three-star players committed already, um, and of course they're at the same number as Penn State. Yeah. Uh, LSU, Louisville's having a good run, but I, if Louisville passes Penn State, I'd still be surprised me. Arkansas has 20 commits. So then you get back down to Oregon and Florida there. And and those are yeah. two other schools I think certainly keep an eye on with 10 and 11 commitments. Oregon and Florida both have six, uh, six four-star players committed. So, you know, somebody to keep an eye on. I think both of those schools would really have to go on a run. To, to get up uh, surpassing Penn State, but they can't. Uh, Florida's, Florida is, is still Florida, and uh, they're, they're certainly in the mix with a lot of guys. But the, the guys, the, other, the only other schools I would mention here are Oklahoma, but they have eight, they have eight three-stars committed already. Oklahoma, sorry, Oklahoma's 18, so they're down go. a little bit there the list. Yep. Thank you. They have eight three-stars committed already, so a little bit higher of a number than, than we're used yeah. to seeing. Yeah. Uh, you know, previously when Lincoln Riley, of course, was there. And you have to go down even further to number 30 to find Texas A&M. 
After the greatest recruiting class of all time, they have just five commitments currently. But yeah. we know they're going to get their players. They always do. They have three. They have three four-star players committed, and and one three-star at the moment. And uh, I guess they have somebody not ranked. I don't know. I have to click on their uh, their status there. But Texas A and M is going to get theirs. They always they always do. And I would expect Texas A and M to be up in that top ten when it's all said and done. And yes, they have a punter committed. I just looked it up, yeah. so that's why he's not ranked. But another interesting school man, Michigan. Yeah. After that year, Talk they to me just about had. Michigan. Yeah, number 27 right now, sitting there with nine commitments. Of course, Raylan Wilson decommitted a few weeks ago. Uh, they have since added uh, a handful of, of quality four-star players. And uh, Amir Herring, of course, just, just committed. It was yesterday, I believe. And then Samaj Bridgman as well, The uh, previously at Archbishop Wood. He's now at uh, Emetep Charter, mm-hmm. uh, another solid addition there. But uh, Michigan hasn't really gotten the run that, that you kind of would have expected them to, to go on after that season but i guess when your your coach is trying to go to the minnesota vikings that's kind of a reason why yeah i i i was interesting the reaction to that and i said that's that's not gonna help anything like that mm-hmm. conversation is not gonna help anything and people were telling me it's the college football this is the norm and i'm like is it it's the norm to leave it's not the norm to almost leave you yeah. almost get fired. You don't almost leave. So that, yeah. that is an interesting situation with uh, with the Wolverines. Uh, any other teams here? You know, you talk about West Virginia with Rodney Gallagher. He's the one four-star that's committed to that program. Other schools that have been competing with Penn State uh, for players. It, it really kind of feels like a, a lot of this is locked in. North Carolina has been doing pretty well last couple of years, 10, three stars. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I was looking at the numbers here. Marcus Stokes was a three star in our consensus. So Penn State actually loses a three star, not a four star by mm-hmm. having him flip to Florida. Now, that does not indicate the uh, the, the impact of that, but it does kind of just for formalities. Uh, Penn State doesn't lose a fo- a four star, which is a huge part of what we were talking about of how they can remain a top ten class, even if they were to not get any five star players. So, anything else yeah. in that that you find interesting? Not not a whole lot. I mean, just above Penn State, Clemson with four or fifteen four star players committed. Clemson's having a good rebound this year. Yep. They had a, a year or two that were kind of iffy, but all the schools ahead there. Of course, Texas getting their surge after Arch Manning and. And you got Alabama and Ohio State and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, man, they are just been on an absolute roll with with Marcus yep. Freeman. So, man, if he can develop and get them, uh, you know, get them playing at, at the same level with Chip Kelly or, or higher, there's there's no reason to think that they they can't be a serious team in, in the future after the last class they had and now this one. And of course, Georgia there with nine four stars, you know, that's to be expected. And then you got Lincoln Riley already with two five stars. So, I mean, I feel pretty good about saying those seven schools above Penn State. They're probably going to finish above yeah. Penn State. Then you got, it, it, yeah, LSU is the one that I think could get above Penn State to get to, man. Again, 12 committee players, nine of whom are four stars right now. They have that Chip Kelly bump uh, from a recruiting perspective. They got all that LSU money in the world to yep. entice guys in, in different ways with facilities and NIL and all that. So uh, LSU is certainly a team that has my attention. And then, of course, going down to the end there, with the with Texas A&M only having five guys, you know they're going to go on a run at some point, and only time will tell. But that those are the two schools that stand out to me right now, and I'm sure others will emerge uh, with time. So it's 
you know, it's just funny. Last week I was just saying, oh, Penn State can finish a top 10 class. And now, oh, they're missing some guys. Well, maybe they won't. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's going to be right there. I mean, this, yeah. I do think, I do still believe 10 realistic, though, because if you add in Tony, you add in Tamir, you add in London, all three of whom I have picks in for, well, boom, now we're talking about 13 uh, four star committed players. You add Link, yep. then you got 14. And really, I think 15 four stars is that number you got to get to if you don't have any five stars to have a top 10 class. So they're going to be yeah. right there. It's going to be right on the bubble. And just kind of, it also is just going to depend on how many five stars spread out. You know, if all the five stars go to the same school, they just sit at the top and that's the end of it. If they yeah. do spread out and, you know, 10 or so schools are getting five-star players, that's where it makes it interesting for Penn State. It'll be fun to watch and we'll keep you updated both on the Tuesday recruiting show and on our Friday recap and preview here on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. He is recruiting insider Ryan Snyder. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for downloading and listening in the thousands. Thank you for watching here on YouTube in the thousands. We are heading towards the season. So if you're if you're friends with somebody and you want them to get inside Penn State information, you want them to get expert analysis from people who don't do it like we do, make sure you check out bluewhiteillustrated.com and our social channels. We'll talk to you on Monday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.